Welcome to Christian Faith Center. We're a church that meets in multiple locations. If you'd like to know more about our church, just head to our website, experiencecfc.com. Thanks for joining us. Why don't you go ahead and grab your Bibles, turn with me to Luke, uh, turn with me to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. We've been in a series called Are You Ready? Are You Ready? And I'm so excited about this message. I feel like months ago, God dropped this in my heart. It was in seed form. He gave me just this little thought about this story that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 8. It's just a few passages of Scripture. It's very small. And I, I feel like there's some profound truth in this that God wants us to get as a church family. Whether you're here, whether you're joining us through the online campus, I want you to get this in your heart today. This is all of our campus pastors will be preaching this message across our locations. I just think there's something in here that God wants us to get. And I believe God's going to speak to you through this short story in a way that you've never heard before. And we're going to take up what God has given us in a brand new way. So let's turn. Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 8. We'll throw these on the screens for you as well. But again, short story that Jesus teaches. Let's read it together. In verse 8, he says, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and she loses one. Won't she light a lamp? Not, wouldn't it be a good idea? Just, it was just a default setting, right? Like wouldn't, wouldn't she obviously light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost coin. I want you to catch that. My lost coin. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of angels when even one sinner repents of their sin. There is joy in the presence of angels. I want to talk to you today about more. Are you ready for more? Would you pray with me? And let's ask the Lord to speak to us through His Word. Father, we open our hearts to You now. We thank You for the Word of the Lord. We thank You that it's mighty and powerful. We thank You, Jesus, for this teaching. We thank You that it's rich in kingdom truth. We pray now that Your Word would hit us right in our hearts, would build up our lives, and that, Lord, I pray that all of us would grab a hold of 100% of what You have given to us, that nothing You've given us would be lost. I pray that every one of us would walk out of here determined to live a life of more. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, again, I'm excited to dive into this message and be with you. Plus, a good friend of mine walked up to me and gave me a big bag of jalapenos straight out of his garden. So I'm telling you, today's already a great day. It is already a great day. Let me ask you a question, though. Let me ask you a question. How many want to live a life of less? All right. Praise God. All right. I'm in the right place. How many want less happiness, less joy, less peace, less satisfaction in your life? Less of God, less resource, less health. Like less is not a word that most of us want to grab a hold of. And yes, I get it. We can be all spiritual. Well, there's some things, you know, pastor, that we should have. I, but on average, all right, like as a, as a big picture, most of us don't want to live a life of less. We, we want to live a life of more. We, we don't want to be less fulfilled. We want to be more fulfilled. We don't want to be less healthy. We want to be more healthy. 
We don't want to be less joyful. We want to be more joyful. We, we, want, we want more in life, not less in life. I, I feel like these days the only thing I want less of is gas prices and the number on the bathroom scale. Come on, somebody. Like, that's it. Like, I filled up my, I filled up my tank yesterday and I was like, help me, Holy Ghost. You know, like, this, this is, kids, you were going to get to go to college, but daddy's got to drive to work now, you know? So, all right. Um, by and large, you know, we, we, want, we want more, not less. But let me submit something to you. What if the more you're looking for in life is actually closer than you think? What if God has given you more than you know? This powerful little story here that Jesus gives us holds a, a great truth about the kingdom of God and the people that are living in the kingdom of God. We have access to more than we have oftentimes accounted for. What if God has given you more than you currently even realize that you have? I want to look at this in a unique way today. I want you to write just a couple of thoughts down that I'm praying you, you get in your heart. If you're, if you don't take notes in church, take notes in church. Come on, somebody. I want you to write this down. Here's a big thought. Write this down. Number one, there is more in your house than in your hand. I believe this is true for every single one of us. There is more. There is more in your house than you currently have in your hand. I want you to see this story. Luke chapter 15, verse 8. He says, or suppose a woman has 10, everybody say 10, silver coins, and she loses one. Everybody say one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house? This woman had 10 coins in her house, but she only had nine in her hand. And it's easy to skip over the fact that she recovered that one and ends the story with ten. And a lot of times we have hindsight bias in the Scripture. We already know the Son comes home. We know Jesus gets up out of the grave. We've read the end of the Bible. We know in the end we win. Surprise! You know, like, we have hindsight bias. Sometimes the challenge is to insert yourself into the middle of what Jesus is teaching about and try to understand the tensions of the moment. We know that she had ten in the end. But in the middle of the story, she had ten, but lost one. She had been given ten, but she lost one that she had been given. She still had proximity to ten, but she only had possession of nine. And see, in life, it's not about what you have in your house. It's about what you can have in your hand. Have you ever had something and then lost it? Come on, all of us. Amen. But instead of recovering, you just let it go? Now listen, I have a dirty little secret. I have like 500 iPhone cables. It's bad. Because I travel a lot, and I'm always all over, and then I'll lose them, I'll put them in a bag, I'll put them in this pocket, that pocket, this suitcase, that suitcase. And then I, instead of like looking for them, like thoroughly... I'll just order another one on Amazon. Come on. And then you'll find the other one. You know what I mean? So now you have like, 
You have like 74 iPhone chargers and all these different ones. And then you start going off brand and you've got pink ones and green ones and blue ones. And you've got generic power blocks, but an actual iPhone cable and, and all these, you, you got all these different things, right? Because all because I had it and I lost it. And instead of going to look for that, I just replaced it with the new one. I just let go what I had and lost and jumped in and got a replacement without trying to recover what I've lost. And we laugh, but as I was praying, I really felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me and saying, so many times as Christians, we do this with more important things in our life than iPhone cables. So many times as Christians, we will lose something and instead of actively working to recover what we have been given, we just go out and try to find a replacement. We do this with our time. We do this with our talents. We do this with our treasure. Instead of stewarding our day well, we'll cut into our sleep time to get more work done. Because we lost a couple hours in the day and instead of working to recover that and manage it better, we'll just cut into family time and cut into sleep time. And Who needs to be with your family? Who needs to sleep? We've got work to do, you know. Instead of redeeming back what God has given to us, we'll just let it go and work to replace. We do this with our talents. We do this with our talents. We don't give the best to the most important things. We, we do this with our treasures. We give away the first instead of honoring God. We, 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 we use it to do all kinds of other things. And in doing so, we find that we, we lose an important part of the precious things God has given to us. We, we lose our time. We lose our talent. We, we lose our treasure. Let me say it this way. We let it slip through our fingers and it, it falls under the couch. And in the busyness of life, because how many know, how many have all the time in the world that you need? Like none of us feel that way. I get that. And it can be so much easier when you lose something precious under the couch. To just go, ah, and move on. And we, we deal with this. And this woman in the story, this is what she was dealing with. She had been given ten coins. And in the day-to-day busyness of life, she lost one. She lost it. Now listen, she didn't mean to let it go. The Bible doesn't tell us. Jesus isn't saying, well, listen to this story. There was a woman who just didn't give a rip what she'd been given. And she just, you know, flippantly mishandled one of the... That's not what it... It says she lost one. For something to be lost, it speaks to it being unintentional. Right? She didn't give it away. She lost it. She didn't throw it in the garbage. She lost something. She, she lost something precious that she had been given. Ten represents a whole. It represents a whole. There, there was a part of a whole that she had lost. Now not only was she incomplete, but she was operating with less. She was in possession of less than she was in proximity to. But see, what I've learned is to allow something that is lost in our house to remain out of our hand is something that we cannot tolerate as believers. We're living in a day where we must steward the things God has given us to the fullest extent. I don't want to let things slip through my fingers and remain under the couch, unusable, unvaluable, 
Not advancing the kingdom of God. Not impacting the world around me. I want to I want to recover what God has given me. I want to use it to the fullest extent. I want my time to matter for the kingdom. I want my time to matter to my family. I want my talents to make the biggest impact that they can for the kingdom of God. I want my my life to impact people. I realize the only thing I'm taking with me to heaven are the people of God that have been washed in the blood of Jesus. That's it. That's all that's going to heaven with us. So I want my my life, my gifts to impact people to the full extent. I want my treasure to make a difference. Jesus warned us, beware when all we do is store up and hoard treasure on earth because that stuff gets destroyed. But we can store up treasure in heaven that will remain forever. That will make an Im- I, I want to live my life with an eternal view, I guess. I don't want this life to take a portion of what God has given to me and, 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 and sweep it under the couch and it remain there. Here's a powerful thought. Many times we have allowed what has been entrusted to us to slip out of our hands. It's, it's, you didn't mean to lose it. You didn't mean for, you didn't mean for your vacation to get swallowed up by work. You didn't mean for those two hours of your day to get eaten up by this. You didn't mean for the, you didn't mean for your energy, your best talent, your best energy to go to something unimportant. You, you didn't necessarily mean for that to happen, but yet here you are. You didn't mean to get into a mountain of credit card debt, and yet here you are unable to satisfy your debtor, unable to live a productive life, but something was lost along the way that God wants us to recover. We must take ownership of what we've lost. We don't want to live a life where things are close enough to us to be available. It's like, it's, it's right there. It's close enough to be available, but it's far enough away that it's not powerful to me anymore. It slipped from my life and it's under the couch. The great preacher Spurgeon says of this parable, he says, the piece of silver was lost, but still claimed. Observe that the woman called the money my piece, which was lost. When law, when she lost its possession, she did not lose her right to it. It did not become somebody else's when it slipped out of her hand and it fell on the floor. See, friends, what you've lost is still yours. What God has given you is still in proximity and can once again be in your possession. Nobody can take possession of what God has given to you unless you let it go. If you've lost it, it's still yours. You still have a right to the things that God has given you. Even if it slipped from your hands, God still assigned it to your life. It's time to rise up and recover what God has given to us. It's time to have a heart to say, I'm not going to live on less than what God has given to me. I'm not going to let what slipped through my hands remain out of my life. I want to live on all that God has given to me. I want all of my life to make a difference. I want to leverage the fullness of my time for the kingdom of God. The fullness of my talent for the kingdom of God. The fullness of the resources God's given me for the kingdom of God. What you have lost can still be recovered. What have you let go that you need to grab back? Maybe it's your peace. 
Maybe it's your identity. Maybe you've been being somebody else for so long, you don't even remember who you are anymore. Maybe you've been anxious for so long, you don't even remember what peace looks like anymore. Or feel, maybe you've let a dream go long ago. Maybe there was an ambition deep inside of you. Maybe there was something God spoke to your spirit when you were younger, and now you've said, you know, it's been too long. I've gone too far. Now I'm too old to do what God's called me to do. Can I just tell you, it's never too late to redeem back what God has given to you. He wants you to recover what has slipped through your fingers. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your boundaries. Maybe you've let an unhealthy amount of people in or just let unhealthy people too close to your life. Maybe you need to recover a relationship. Maybe you've been disconnected from your children, disconnected from a spouse, disconnected from a parent. Maybe it's time to recover an important relationship in your life. Maybe you've been disconnected from God. Can I just tell you, friends, if you've been disconnected from God, He's waiting for you to come home. He loves you. He wants you to be with Him. He wants to be with you. He wants to bless you. I love that song we sung. It really is better His way. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's finances. What, What is it that slipped through your finger? Listen, in Jesus' name, I'm declaring over you that what you have lost is still yours. What you have lost can be redeemed. What you have lost can be found. What you have lost is still assigned to your life. Nothing is ever so broken that God can't put it together. Nothing is ever so lost that God cannot help you find it. He is the God of recovery. And He wants you to recover all. Say it, it's my time to recover. Come on, say it with faith. It's my time to recover. I'm just believing for that. That you wouldn't let something slip out of your hands and just replace it with something cheaper. But you would treasure the things God has given to you. I want you to write this down. It's another thought. Not, not, only, not only is there more in your house than is in your hand, but there's more, but you'll have to search for it. There's more, but, but you'll have to search for it. You know, listen, we've, we've established this, that there's more in your house than, than in your I believe this is true for every one of us. Just because you've lost it, it doesn't mean it's not yours. That's good news for us today. And I wish I could say that the moment you realize that what you've lost can be yours again, that it just magically shows up in your life. (laughs) I wish that you were just, oh, that was a great moment. And you just go home and all your relationships are back together. And you just go home and your schedule is totally normalized. You just go home and everything is all in order in your life. It's just all is good, you know. But that's not how it works. You're going to have to search for those things. There's going to be an active participation in the recovery process that God wants us all to engage in in our lives. This is not a Roomba vacuum kind of search. This is an intentional hands-on search. i got a story I'll share with you. Because Amanda and I, we obviously we have busy lives and we've got messy kids. Come on, that's a combination, right? And so lots of Cheerios on the floor. That's right. Lots of Cheerios. So we bought one of those Roomba things. Costco did a special, you know, we picked one up. We're like, ooh, living the good life. Now, we have a couple of dogs. We have a bulldog named Max, my, my big fatty Max. He's awesome. He's a big old fat bulldog. And, and then we've got this tiny little dog, my wife's dog. Her name is Maya. She's 2.9 pounds, and she's 70% fur, okay? And she is awesome. She's like, she's, what, nine years old now? And uh, she's totally, like, never had any problems. She doesn't bark. 
She is amazing. You don't even have to scoop her poop. You just water the grass and it goes away like the ideal dog. You know what I mean? Just fertilizes your lawn, you know? Um, she ruined us for all other dogs. You know, it's amazing. Never has she had a problem in the house. What we did not realize though, is that while we were gone and this machine boots itself up like supernatural cleaning power when we're gone, that this would terrify our poor little Maya. So much so, it would literally scare the poo right out of her. And so having never had a problem in over eight years with our dog, we found that this machine terrified her so badly that she hit a place of incontinence. And then the Roomba found her little fear deposit and distributed it throughout all of our hardwood floors in our home. So we came home to the horror factory. Now, thank God, an angel from heaven dropped one of my children's socks in front of the Roomba halfway through the process, or it could have destroyed the whole house. It was already so bad we had to sell the house and the dog. So I'm kidding. We saw the house and the dog, all right? But I wanted to sell the house and the dog. Come on. It was that bad. What I realized, so long story short, I'm back to, I'm back to engaging personally. Come on, in the process. No more Roomba for us, okay? Uh, maybe when Maya goes to little dog heaven, we'll think about it again. But I'm, I'm back to engage. Here, here's what, but here's what I've learned. Sometimes outsourcing your recovery is not as attractive as you think it is. Sometimes you can't just hire somebody or, or, or tap your spouse on the shoulder. You, you can't just go pay another person to get you back what you've lost. Sometimes the counselor can't help you. Sometimes the attorney can't help you. Sometimes your spouse can't help you. Many times you have to engage personally in the process if you want to actually recover what you've lost. This woman got hands-on in the process. She said, I have lost something that is valuable to me. And I'm not going to just let it stay lost in the house. I'm going to personally engage in the recovery process until I get back that which was given to me. And I want to encourage you today to get involved in that recovery. Let's take back what has been lost from our hands and has fallen under the couch. Let's get it back in our life. Let's engage in that process personally. Here's why this is vital. Because the more that you're believing God for is oftentimes the part that you lost. By sweeping the house, this woman was able to find 10% more. Listen, I believe all of you have 10% more. At least. All of you have 10% more gifting. 10% more passion. 10% more time, 10% more health. Something has been lost that was ours to begin with. And by sweeping the house, she was able to find it. I believe that if we were to sweep our homes, we would find 10% more time to serve, 10% more time to build, 10% more time to invest in the loved ones that God has given to us. I believe if we were to sweep the house, we would find more resources to save, more resources to steward, more resources to give to what God is doing in the earth. I believe that if we were to sweep our house, we would find more talents and giftings inside of us. But, but many times, it's only when we sweep the house that we find the more that we've lost. 
Let me speak to all the business managers and business owners in the house or online today. If you would sweep your business, I believe you would find 10% margin. I believe that you'd find 10% more. You'd be able to recover and steward what the Lord has entrusted to you to greater, to, to greater the impact of your business, to expand like never before. What if the more you're praying for is already in your house? It's just not in your hand so important because we only find it when we sweep the house. What if the more we're praying to reap from heaven, the more we're asking God, we think it's something new, but God's looking for us to recover something He already has given to us. What if the time you're looking for, the money you need, the strength to fight, the, the energy to heal, the whatever it is, what if it's already there, but it's slipped out of our hands? What if you're losing more than you've been believing God to add? Many of us don't need to reap. We need to recover. We're praying to reap, but God's leading us to recover. You know, 2 Peter 1.3 is a powerful verse. And I want to speak this over your lives. Listen to what 2 Peter... Peter says this to the church. He says, by His divine power... He's talking about the Lord. By His divine power... God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. By His divine power, God has given us. That's me, that's you. He's given us everything we need. He's given you everything you need, friends. Listen, God has not shorted you. You have more than enough. It's time to recover what we've lost. It's it's time to take back what slipped out of our hands. I'm believing that for you. I'm declaring that over our church. We will recover all. Anything you lost last year, anything that diminished last year, we're taking it back up in Jesus' name. If any of our campuses lost something, we're going to recover all and more this year. We're going to recover our strength, our our numbers, our impact, our increase. We're going to recover our health together. We're going to recover all. This is a time to recover. We're praying God send more. He's saying pick up what you have. It's time to recover all of it. All of it. I want to give you some keys to recovery before we leave today. Because it's time to recover what God's given you. There's more in your house than is in your hand. God's blessed you more than you know. He's given you everything you need. Oh, Tommy Barnett, great AG preacher, love that man. He says, you know, the miracle's always in the house. I believe that. I believe 90% of the time what we're looking for, we already have. It's just been lost. It's not out there far away somewhere. God knew you would need it. Long before you knew you would need it, God knew you would need it. And he's not some father that's like, I got what you want. I got it. We think like God's like a drug dealer instead of a good father. He's like, I got what you want right here. You want it? Come on. He's already deposited it into your life. Like a good father, he's preemptively struck with blessing. Come on, somebody. But because we didn't know we needed it, we didn't realize when we lost it. And God gave you something in a past season. But because you didn't know you needed it, You didn't realize when it slipped through your fingers. 
And I just want you to know there's so much more under your couch than you could imagine. There's so much more in the recesses of your spirit. There's so much more in the depths of your heart. There's so much more potential. There's so much more than you know. And one of the keys to recovering what God has given to us, first of all, is recognizing the power of that 10%. you got to understand that 10% matters to God. Determine in your heart not to give away anything that God has given you to take care of. You know, one of the things I'm so impacted by Jesus, in John 18 verse 9, listen to what Jesus said. He did this to fulfill His own statement. He said, I did not lose a single one of those you have given to me. None of those the Father delivered into the hands of Jesus, none of them did He lose. Can I just say, if the Father has delivered you into the hands of Christ, no devil in hell, no economic disaster, no political disaster, nothing can take you from the hands of Jesus Christ. He's got your life. He's got you covered. If you're in God's hands, Jesus doesn't lose anything the Father gives to Him. Listen to John 6.39. And this is the will of God, He said, that I should not lose even one of all of those He has given to me. Not one of the believers in Afghanistan will Jesus lose. Not one of the believers around the world. Not one of you is Jesus going to lose sight of. None of His kids have slipped under the couch. They have stayed on His mind all the days of your life. God has been watching over you. God has been holding you up, protecting you when you didn't even and know it. He has lost none that the Father has given Him. The safest place you can be is in the hands of God. There's three key areas of our life. Our time, our talent, and our treasure. And see, so many times, what we've actually lost, here's why it's important, what we've actually lost is what we should have given to God. It's the best of our time. It's the best of our talent. It's the best of our treasure. It's the first of every arena. See, I never want to give God my last because here's what I've realized. When I give God my last, what I should have given to Him ends up lost. When sports gets my best, when politics gets when anything else other than what Jesus has called me to gets my best, what Jesus should have got is lost. And I end up living my life off-center and with 90% of what God should have or what I should have had because God deposited it there to begin with. But what I've also learned is when God gets my first, I tend to steward everything else so much better. When God gets the first of my time, everything it's like I got more hours in the day. When God gets the first of my talent, everything else falls into a line. When God gets the first of my resources, all the other things are added to me. It's like the, the 90 shows up strong when God gets the first. But when He doesn't, what God should get is lost. And see, the more we desire, sometimes what we need to recover actually isn't what we... What we need to recover is our priorities. Especially in the last year and a half, when none of us knew what in the world was going on. What we, the, the worst thing we actually lost wasn't our job. It wasn't our, 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 our peace. It was actually our priorities. We let God slip down here. And in doing so, we actually lost what should have been God's to begin with. And when I honor God first, I steward everything else better. She recovered her 10%. And then she returned it to its rightful place. It's not enough to recover it, you've got to return it. 
It's not enough to recognize it. You've got to return it. She returned it to it. What, what, what is it? Where is your time? Where is your talent? Where's your giftings? Where's your treasures? Have you returned to God what's His? But it's not only recognizing the power of 10%, although that's a key. Second of all, it's to realize something. It's to realize that what is precious is oftentimes buried under what is painful. And I've realized this, a lot of times the reason we haven't recovered it, it's actually because of what we discovered when we tried to recover years ago. Many of us, we've lost something precious, but we've also lost things that are painful. And we've begun the recovery process. And when we tried to look for what is precious, what we actually ran into was other things like our checkbooks. And you were reminded that you're so far in the red, it seems like you'll never be able to recover. And you went to grab your dream, but what you actually got was depressed. And instead of pushing for recovery, you just tucked this back in there. You, you, you went to recover what was precious, and instead you just found a bunch of random, random junk that you'd buried a long time ago. It was the, the chapstick of a former relationship. It was the Legos of a past life. Maybe you, you tried to recover what was precious and you, you stumbled upon you, you stumbled upon your divorce papers from a season gone by. And instead of believing God for recovery, you, you scrolled through the devastation of the past and you determined that there would never be a way forward. All the while, what was precious was there all along. It was just buried in what was painful. Can I tell you, that there is no pain greater than the pain of losing what God wants you to recover. I understand the pain. I've had to push through pain myself. But can I tell you, there's no greater reward than when you allow God to strengthen you and push past the pain of a past life and you find what was precious that God had deposited in there all along. In Jesus' name, I am declaring over your life in faith today that nothing painful will keep you from recovering what is precious in your life. No divorce, no bankruptcy, no disillusionment, no depression, nothing from your past life will keep you from recovering what God has given you to recover. You're going to recover all. And in the process, you're going to heal like you've never healed before. Can I also say, can I also say my final key to helping you recover, I would say is this. You have to understand that you need light to find what's lost. Because I want to back up for just a second. And I want to encourage you. We, we, have, we, have, real, we have real things to recover. And what this woman realized the very first thing she did was she lit a lamp. There's an indication that the darkness was prohibiting her from finding what she's lost. And I just want you to understand something. You cannot recover what is precious in darkness. 
Matter of fact, just take a moment. And realize something. Darkness will keep you from recovering what is precious. But if you'll light a lamp, if you'll find the light, I could never recover what was precious in the dark. I couldn't see it. Blessing could be in front of me and I would be blind to it. But if I have a light, I can search, I can sift through, and I can recover what is precious. And I need you to understand something today. Sometimes the reason we haven't found what we're looking for is not because we lack the passion. It's not because we lack the blessing. It's not because Jesus forgot us. It's because we lack the light necessary to recover what has been right in front of us, what has been in our house but out of our hand. It's been in your house. It's been in your business. It's been in your family. But you didn't have the light on. And I want to encourage you today that nobody is exempt from this principle. Nobody can find what is lost without light. This is why Jesus revealed Himself to us all throughout the Scripture as the light of the world. Matter of fact, I want you to hear the words of Jesus in John 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and He said, I am the light of the world. If you follow Me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Maybe, perhaps, the reason you haven't recovered what is lost because you don't have the light of Christ. Maybe you need to experience it again. Maybe you've never experienced it. You know, I've learned that not only is it necessary to recover what is precious, but light is necessary to recover the broken heart. It's necessary to recover the weary soul. It's necessary to recover the shattered life. But the light of Christ has in its very essence, the power to heal anything it touches. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Anybody, anybody that walks in light can substitute that for darkness. Can we just pause for a moment? And I just want to lead you in a time of prayer as we conclude our service this morning. But would you bow your heads, close your eyes, just take a moment with Jesus. Maybe it's been a while since you've drawn near to Jesus. Since you've opened up your heart to the Lord. Since you said yes to the light. Can you just pause for a moment? Just tell Him, Jesus, I believe You are the light of the world. Would You shine that light on my heart? Holy Spirit, I pray that You would reveal any heart that is shadowed by darkness. You know, darkness is not a real thing. Darkness is a byproduct of when there is not light. There's no substance to darkness. It's a liar. That's why King David called it the shadow of death. 
Only where there is no light is there dark. Only where there is not enough light are there shadows. Maybe today what you need is more light. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, Holy Spirit of God, I pray right now for Your people. Even as our prayer teams come forward and prepare to pray and minister to the people of God today. I, I just Maybe you're online right now and you, you're just recognizing for the very first... Maybe you're recognizing for the first time in a long time, I'm just in darkness. That, that's what it is. I, I can't see in front of me. I can't see what's precious anymore. I can't envision a better future. I don't know where I'm going if I were to die today. I don't know Jesus in a life-giving way. Can I tell you the light of God is in His Son Jesus and Jesus stands ready to embrace you today. And I just pray all across this room if there would even be one person here today this is Pastor Jordan. I am in darkness. My heart is shadowed by darkness. I can't see what is precious. I can't see in front of me. I can't see a better future. I need the light of Jesus to shine in my heart today. I'm going to count to three. On the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand high so I can see. And I'm going to pray for you as you put your trust in Jesus. And I'm going to pray that the light of Christ would shine so bright in your life that you would see that you've been forgiven, that you've been set free, that there's a great future for you, and that God is coming to make His home in your heart today. One, two, three. Would you raise your hands all across the room so I can see them? Raise them high. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray right now that every hand that is raised all across this room, I pray, every hand that's raised online, if you're with us on the online family, just post in the chat. Just say, that's me. That's me. And we want to pray for you. Just put, that's me. Lord, I pray for every single person here today that the light of Christ would shine over them. Just tell them, Jesus, I need you. I trust you. I open up my heart to you. Come be the Lord of my life. Come be the light of my life. Shine on me. Give me a new heart and a new star. Forgive me from all of my past. Empower me into all of my future. I receive the light of Jesus. And Lord, I pray there would be no dark areas, no dark parts of our life, that the light of Jesus would totally shine and we would recover everything You have given us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you love Jesus, but you just can't seem to find what you've lost you know something's missing but maybe you just need maybe you need to honor that 10 percent maybe maybe it's actually an area where you you you've decided today you're going to push through something painful to find something precious maybe you know that most of your life has been covered in the light of jesus but maybe there's one area that you've just struggled with struggled with the reason you're stuck is because the light's off in that one room Can I just tell you the light of Jesus is available in every room of your house, every place in your soul. And sometimes what you need is somebody to pray with you, to believe God for you, to lay hands on you and believe God to invade every part of your life. And so listen, before you leave today, we want to give you the ability to come forward to get prayer. Some of you are just going to need to go grab your kids and get to lunch. I get that. But some of you, you need the power of God to invade every arena of your life. And this is what we want to stand with you and believe for. So before you leave today, if you need prayer, every one of these people wants to pray for you and believe for the light of Jesus to shine in your life. Let me pray one more time. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. I pray for every heart, every believer. I pray that we wouldn't settle for 80%. We wouldn't settle for 90 even. 
but we would open our lives until 100% of our hearts are filled with the light of Jesus Christ. We ask for it in your mighty name. Amen.